morning, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with my friend Kat Larson on Very Best of Living. How are you, Kat? I'm good. I like how good. you start. I like how you start this. It makes me happy. <laughs> well, we need to be a little more happy in life. Like there's lots of reasons not to be, um, unfortunately. I'm finding yes. from lots and lots of people. And we're going to have some fun with this first uh, wonderful kind of dialogue about these recent retreats that I've done. Yeah. Um, I had committed, these were my last, I was done, but now I can't say that anymore because they were magical. Mm -hmm. Uh, things happen there that I don't think people can even begin to comprehend, Mm -hmm. um, that, that are so special to me. It, it was interesting. So you come to this retreat and there's like eight to 10 people you've never met before. Mm -hmm. And they start sharing their story. And you start listening to their perspective on their lives and what's happened to them. And the beauty of it for me is you actually get into what are the hurts that have impacted the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a river slowing down the road and then this hurt happens and it diverts often the river Mm -hmm. uh, to a different path. And so the question, of course, for the entire retreat is how do you get back the gift of the hurt? How do you embrace that and make it something positive and healthy in your life as opposed to uh, a negative experience? And the insights from everyone as part of the experience are just, they're mesmerizing, to be honest with you. So Mm. what was really intriguing for the first retreat was there were two yellows that were there. And... I would not ordinarily recommend yellows marrying yellows, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was something I had worked with the one person for quite some time and she has grown light years. I mean, literally Mm -hmm. not the same person when I first met her when she would blame everything on others. Right. So as a part of the process, she has really taken ownership of her own life and made some very strong headways. She's a strong yellow, which I like about her. And she married this, uh, she not married, she was engaged living with um, a really fun uh, adorable boy, like he's young, but he's so like genuine, like wants to grow, wants to get better. Their communication is, is phenomenal. Like they don't take things personally. They're more yeah. like, well, how can we get through this in a good way? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so we're at the retreat and we go to the waterfall for our lunch and we're walking yeah. back and I'm talking to her about getting uh, married. Like maybe it's time for you guys to tie the knot and get on with your life. Cause they've been living together for a year and they've been dating uh, for two years. Mm-hmm. And they definitely are a great match. And she goes, well, I can't do that because I don't really want to get married. And I said, really, is that really true? Or are you just saying that because you're angry at the first marriage that didn't work so well? So we have this kind of ongoing dialogue all the way down. Finally, she gets to the point. She goes, well, you know what? I can't get married anyway because it has to be on an even day of the month. And um, I have to have someone to marry me. I said, okay, well, uh, this is the eighth and I am a minister. I can marry you. <laughs> so did it. Yeah. We got to the very end of the trail and she walks up to her boyfriend and says, Hey baby, you want to marry me? He goes, you got it. (gasps) Absolutely. That was at two o'clock in the afternoon. They were married in this beautiful backdrop of Tim mountain at six o'clock. And her, her brother, her brothers had actually created an arbor for us to stand under as I married them. And her father and mother and his father and um, and wife came with the friends <gasps> that they could gather. 
And you know what was great about this cat? I had some people at the retreat that were like professional designers. Like they're really, really good at, at that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they all got together with dry, they gathered flowers and all the events that we put this together. And you can imagine Gene being part of that, right? Oh, yeah. Um, up we go, literally, at 6 o'clock. And we have this beautiful ceremony. And uh, she had struggled with her dad. Her dad doesn't really like the way she lives her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, um, can, you, can you walk you down the aisle, up the path? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. And so here's this healing that's happening between the father and the daughter and this magical connection of the two yellows. And all of us at the retreat, every single person there said they've never been to a more beautiful wedding and it cost zero, like not one dollar. Oh my and gosh. It was cat. It was, it was mesmerizing. It was honestly, I can't even explain to you the joy that existed in that moment. And they wanted to come with us to dinner even later because they were like, you're, you're my people. Like, I want to be with my people. And you guys oh. are them. Isn't that just magic? Taylor, okay. that doesn't, that's like an extraordinary event. 100%. I want, like something I will never forget the rest of my life. And whenever I see that place that we get them married, I will always feel even more of a connection, right? Because it was just magnificent. And it honestly, Kat, was based on the love they shared for each other. There was no tension at the entire wedding. Not one person was in angst at all or upset about something or didn't want to be there. None of that. All you found was joy for this couple because of their joy for each other. She had been, can, I, I don't know if you're free to answer this, but she had been blocking it a little bit until you asked that question about, yes. is, is it this well, or that? Well, you know what's funny about that? So here's the deal. I love her dad and I love her. Mm-hmm. but I don't judge her the way she feels judged by her dad. Mm-hmm. So even though her dad would want these things for her, she could never hear them because of the resentment she feels towards never being enough. I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. I don't count. Mm-hmm. Right. She and I don't have any of that. Even though I am blunt, as you know, I am very blunt and very direct about anything that I feel is keeping her from living her life more abundantly. But I adore her like living her at just as she never changed a thing. I adore her. And she felt that. Therefore, when I challenged her on maybe you ought to upgrade your life, like get on with life and do the things you want to do and and make life full and complete. She didn't feel this need to be defensive, this need to push me away. And everyone at the retreat was so supportive, too. There was nobody saying, well, isn't that a little rushed or why are you really doing this? None of that. All they felt was this great couple connections they have. And they were all so thrilled to be part of the event. So it was just a question there. You yep. just, you said something that's like, like you said that you can be blunt and truthful and, uh, but she'd been judged by her father. And so, right. so that really it's not the bluntness and the truthfulness that ever offends people. It's right. the, what's behind the bluntness. If it's, what's the word? You know, like if you're standing in judgment, right. If you're standing in judgment and you're blunt. Or yeah. if you're standing in, so what do you stand in Taylor in that moment as you're being blunt? It is what? What love. what's it's in love. it's love. I want the best for them. And and by the way, one of the part things that works for me is if they don't change, okay. Like I I'm not like, well, that's not gonna work. No, you need to do what I'm telling you to do because it's the right thing to do. I don't have any of that. I'm like, I'm just giving you, I'm offering you an idea. I think it's a better suggestion from than what you're doing. And if they say, Well, I'm not there yet, or I don't believe in that, or what are you asking me that for? That's fine. That's their mm-hmm. path, not my path. 
but I think it's genuinely loving. In fact, I'll be honest with you. When I find myself withholding suggestions, feedback, ideas from a client or a friend or anyone, I feel like what I'm really telling them is you're too weak to do what I suggest. I don't respect you enough to even give you this feedback. I think it's demeaning, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm judging them as not being able to hear what I have to say. Right. So I think it's very unloving when you don't give feedback, but when you give feedback with a judgment, it is also very unloving. So that's, that's the kind of the, the challenge in my mind in relationships, how you give feedback is tied to how you feel about the person. And if I'm tainted in any way with someone, like I don't really like somebody or don't really enjoy this person, it diminishes my ability to love them legitimately because I'm already feeling judgment. And, and it, it's so interesting. I have a couple that I've been working with for a couple of years and they're blue and red and they are really remarkable. Like they have uh, the difference in where they've come to now versus where they were two mm-hmm. years ago. They live life independently. So mm-hmm. like one would plan a vacation, the other one would go along. Um, they have kids, they do family vacations, whoever's in charge of whatever it is they're doing, the other person would just go along. Mm-hmm. But they said, we just lived our life independently. Now, what they both wanted from each other was to be wanted. That's what they really wanted all along. But she felt from him uh, a lack of uh, desire. I don't really want you. And therefore, and she didn't see why that was. So she just got mm-hmm. involved with other activities mm-hmm. like her kids and, and social things and community and very fulfilling in those arenas, but always wanting him. And she was not seeing how judgmental she was. She didn't see how there was a tone in her voice. Um, there was a judgment of him that made him feel unwanted, right, by her. So this went on for, you know, quite some time in their marriage, for a lot of years, actually. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to do their work. And I, I call it the day your life changes. The day when you actually say, I want more of what life could offer than what I have. And they both decided to do their work. And in in our work together, I mean, they were so willing to hear what was wrong with them. They would fight afterwards. They would struggle. It wasn't like it was like an easy deal. And when we talk about doing your work, that's what people don't seem to understand. It's like you don't go to the gym one day and then you fit. No. You go repeatedly, especially when you don't want to go. And, <laughs> and mental health is exactly the same thing. You have to get up and go even when you don't feel like it. You have to take a hit even when you don't want to take the hit. You have to be willing to kind of keep your, yourself in the game, is what I'm saying. And it's they so did true. This. It is true, I, isn't it? I mean, you can well, relate to that. I know well, yeah. they've done it. We know what it feels like, right? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I just, I want to take a second because, you know, we've, we've talked about Paco, my husband, on on this podcast. Yeah. And his blue, and he is blue, 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 you know, Paco. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, I do know um, it. So I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So here he's married to this, you know, I'm like so yellow. And we have friends up and we went paddle boarding out on this lake up in Northern California. And we went out and I found this rock and it's like, you know, deep enough that we could jump off. So the the husband and I, the other husband, um, his wife was there and we're all on paddle boards. And and so we get up and he jumps off and then I jump off. And, and my friend, um, the wife says, Paco, go ahead. And, and me and my, you know, I'm just, I'm just such an idiot sometimes, Taylor. I'm just like, I was like, he's not going to go. I, I, he's afraid. I'm so, I'm so impressed that you said sometimes. I don't know why you said sometimes, but okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> okay, okay, I'm an idiot. I've got the in shirt. That, in, um, in that moment. <laughs> in that moment. But but no, with him sometimes, and I think I'm so I think I'm so smart and I'm not. And I'm like, he's not gonna go. He doesn't do this kind of stuff. Ah. And yeah. And I and he's way over there. He's not hearing me, right? He's not I'm no. talking to I'm talking right. to my friend sure. and I'm like he's, he's right. not going to go. He doesn't do this. He doesn't like when I do it. So the next yep. thing I know, here's my husband up on oh the rock. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Jumping off. Yeah. Jumping off into my the water gosh. and he swims Which over to he the He never would have done. Never. However, I wanted I'm tying this because Paco had gone to one of your retreats a while ago. Yep. And he said, you know, I remember, I remember what I learned there about, you know, removing those obstacles and, you know, not living in that fear and all of those things. And he goes, and I kind of, you know, I remember coming back from there and it was really clear. And then I kind of let go of that string, Sure. you know, of, of, you know, be that, be that kid that enjoys and has fun and, and loves things. And that little boy again, you know, just kind of that fun thing before you know, he got broken, but I just think right. it's so, so beautiful what you're saying, the retreat, the impact, the work, the obstacles that you can, and then you go away from a retreat going, I got it. And then here we are, yeah. it's probably eight years later that he goes, I right. kind of forgot that. And now I which, just remembered which, it. In his defense, we do like, it's hard. It's yes. hard to stay true to the growth path. That's why I love these people. They're so willing to even years later, kind of yes. check in. Right. And yes. I want to get this right. They're so genuine about the effort. But the beauty of it is, like what Paco did, was instead of making it about somebody else, he stays in his lane. He owns his work, <laughs> yep. which for you and I is yellow. That isn't, we don't understand why that's work. But he wouldn't understand why being irresponsible is work. Like, it's, just, right. it's so different how it works. Right. Right. Um, but the thing that I really, I, and I remember it with him as the retreat, as a matter of fact, the thing that I really appreciated was the depth of candor and honesty. So it starts with somebody being willing to be vulnerable yep. and share, this is my story. And um, I, I was, my daughter sent me a tape that I really appreciated. Jordan Peterson, uh, as many of you would uh, know, that he's a great lecturer on, you know, doing the right thing um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and taking ownership for your life. But she sent this clip. I was very moved by it. Now, this is a very strong, bold man, mm-hmm. and he breaks down as he shares his reaction to listeners who come up to him and spoken to him after he speaks. The power of what Jordan Peterson was talking about was that he was so consumed by the depth of people's pain, that yeah. the things that people have gone through in life and dealt with, and often after retreat, well, every retreat, but often many times later, I'll be reflecting on individuals and what they shared and how they experienced things. I was talking to one gal who literally found my work through a guy in Mm -hmm. Iran. And it was so insightful to give her, she learned about the colors and about personality and made such a difference to her. And then he actually came on to her. And here's a man who had taken my work and was teaching it to his people over there in Iran but then was not legitimate. And yeah. the trauma that she went through in trying to sort through what was the good truth that she gained, and yet the deception of who he oh. was as a person. And then she found me, um, the author. So she was able to kind of make that thing right. And 
I've often thought about this, Kat, that it seems to me like for many, many times when bad things happen, good things emerge because of it. Mm-hmm. And people can either choose that path of belief or they can choose the path of um, resentment, bitterness, mm-hmm. and getting stuck on when those things happen. And I have so many examples in my career of people who have been traumatized by events in their life, whether it be their parents um, or spouses or children or employers, you know, you like, there's so much of that really. And some of them, um, it, it's like that quote, um, we're all sitting in the gutter, but some of us are looking at stars. They, they just bring themselves up from the experience and they enhance the quality of their life and how they treat other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really, mm-hmm. I just admire that. I admire that so much. And I'm, I'm curious about our listeners taking ownership for what are the greatest pains in your life that you've had to face? And uh, what have you done about that? And I'm going to share this thought with, with everybody. Every one of us inevitably encounters the occasional downswing in life. Sadness mm-hmm. can manifest so differently for each of us. Sometimes we want to get through it quickly by pushing the feelings down while other times we may even see a way out, not even see a way out. So how do we move through the gray sky moments in our lives? Mm-hmm. How do we move through the gray sky moments in our lives without ignoring the emotion behind them? Well, it might be uncomfortable in the moment. Sadness is not altogether a bad thing. It's normal. It's part of the human experience, really. To feel low or melancholy for a while, With time and practice, we can start to accept these difficult experiences as necessary. Not only can darker times help highlight the sweeter moments that follow, they can also play a crucial part of self-growth. Letting ourselves feel sorrow helps us examine and understand the source of the pain so we can come out the other side of sadness stronger, more self-aware, and better prepared to face whatever comes next. And then this quote by Jason Mraz, if it's a broken part, replace it. If it's a broken arm, embrace it. If it's a broken heart, then face it. Mm. So I was working with a young man, uh, 18 years old, really a good kid. Like he really wanted to do the right things. And all of his friends, his buddies of the six of them have gone through life together and they have now basically expelled him from the group. And he was so traumatized by this experience. He cried probably three-fourths of the session, just struggling to get in touch with his emotions mm-hmm. um, about how, how much it hurt him. The mm-hmm. hurt. Yes. And the other hurt for him was that he'd been cut from the basketball team and uh, how much that meant to him. And as I was talking with him about maybe there's another way we can address this and make it a positive, even though we'll always be a hurt you'll carry the rest of your life. You'll always know about that moment in your life when you were betrayed by your friends. How can we make this a positive experience over time? And I thought of uh, Phil Knight and, um, you know, his yeah. book, uh, Shoe Dog. And he literally, at the end of his career, like his, he'd done so much great stuff with Nike, and built it over time. He still speaks of being cut from his basketball team and how much that hurt him and how much it means to him to run with people like Michael Jordan and wow. Tiger Woods, who are the elite athletes in the world. And he remembers the comparison of being cut when he was in high school on the basketball team. So I don't want to minimize people's experiences that are hurt and painful 
don't mm-hmm. want them to feel it's wrong to sit in it and feel mm-hmm. it. They can learn from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the question then becomes for you, what do you do with it? What do you do with that hurt to enhance the quality of your life? And it comes at different stages. You may not get it right away, but don't wait too long. I've known people that have waited too long and they're like, you know what? I wasted a lot of years not getting over or learning from that person or that experience. So that would be my hope for all of us that are listening. Like, what have you done? What are the hurts in your life and what have you done with them? So I love that so much because it just, I mean, automatically you start kind of taking that, you assess your life, right? And look at right. um, what have I done with those hurts? Because I would think each color, like we talk about, you know, blues probably have a, a little easier time understanding the hurts. Yellows yep. kind of skip off it quicker. Reds, yep. reds don't pay attention to it or just move quick. Is that what they do? Deny it. Deny it. Deny. And then the whites don't even. What do they, whites whites do? don't know what to. They don't know what to do with it. They feel it. They don't know what to do with it. They get lost in it. They numb it. I need somebody and else, right? In this, I need yeah. to talk to somebody else, not just try to figure it out myself. I think people are better off when they communicate. When you can hear yourself talk about it, it makes more sense. Yeah, and you can also yeah, yeah. see the, the parts that are not as dark as you made them be in your mind. Correct. So when you get yeah. stuck in your own mind, you have no um, objective view because you're mm-hmm. the one feeling the hurt, right? So mm-hmm. it's really, really cool when you let somebody else kind of guide you through looking at what your hurt has been. But you have mm-hmm. to have a lot of trust in them, right? If they don't sure. minimize it or dismiss it or attack you or whatever in the process, sure. right? Yeah, but hold it against really, you kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But that's how you really grow. So that's for our listeners today. Um, just I want you to think about the hurts in your life and what they have done to enhance or keep you stuck in your life. Excellent. I hope you have a great day. You too. Yeah, always. Love you guys. You're the best. Talk to you next week, everyone. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.